0: Welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod, the podcast where each week we pick something to
1: ramble on about. Current events, personal growth, women's issues and job hunting. I'm Ashley McAllister
0: and I'm Matthew Alley
1: and this is episode 19.
0: 99 problems, but the ain't one.
1: i should rap you're right (laughs) um is that not encouraging racial stereotypes if i rap yeah
0: um i guess so i don't even know if i can rap we used to do it in school it was a big thing when we turned to like year eight year nine so it's over 13 where people used to write down lyrics and obviously i did the same thing so i used to write down raps as well
1: i think rather than rap you should do maybe irish jig
0: i think that'd be really hard on the calves. i've got very small calves. Okay. Although, I don't know if you remember, this, something happened recently, and it's interesting that you say that. I don't think we mentioned it. But there's this um, black girl in America who does Irish dancing, and she's really, really good, and she loves it. She got a lot of flack saying that she uh, she appropriates Irish culture because she does Irish dancing. And there were levels to it because, one, they were saying, like you don't even know what her background is. You've seen that because she's black, she doesn't have any ancestry or heritage they didn't know her actual background one um and they don't know the environment that she grew up in or where she was but i thought that it was ridiculous
1: i mean i agree <laughs> with you <laughs> 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 um i you, the world is pc crazy at the minute so you can't do anything right for not pissing off somebody over here so mm. i give up i fuck, fuck it do what you she want. Do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting or killing anyone. But mm. no, I think Irish dancing is a form of art and I think um, it can be expressed by whomever desires She said she to was celebrating
0: part. it or respecting it. She was celebrating it. She works really hard at it. Do you know what I mean? She wasn't oh mocking my... it. She's an incredible Irish dancer. How are How you, my your... dear? Oh, sorry. Ah, I got in there first. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, Jinx, do you remember? Do you see that in school? Jinx.
1: Jinx, and then you can speak it would be a really dull podcast if we didn't speak (laughs) um
0: my week do you know what i want to talk about a little bit because i've had a really tough um couple of days or like the past week you know really really bad and i did want to mention it because now that i'm not having like my therapy sessions and we've said before this podcast can be like a little bit like a therapy kind of thing last week thursday you know when the day when the episode came out yeah and I d- it wasn't related to that. I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden I got this like mad wave of like, anxiety and it's still really here like now at the moment. And it's, it, was, it was quite embarrassing. Like in myself, I was a bit like petty and a bit ashamed because like I suddenly felt really jealous of people that were doing well. And then I related that to me like not doing well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the past year, like in the long term, you know, not having work, but ch- keep busy i have done really well but for every reason in that moment i was just like oh everybody's doing really well and i'd see things on social media which we talk about later or people um you know they're winning awards or they're getting this and i was just like racked of absolute jealousy and mm. i was then ashamed because i was like i don't really like jealousy as like a trait anyway but just how petty i felt as well so then yeah it's kind of stuck now for like the past five or six days and i'm like mm. oh it needs to go now
1: I mean, don't beat yourself up too, my love. Too much, my love, because we all emotions. We can't control our emotions. All we can control is what we, how we respond to them. So it's okay that you're jealous. It's that I'd say it's the next level would be. It's not okay to sit and attack people. So you didn't do that. <laughs> um, you know, it's fine. Um, emotions are natural, normal, and you know, it's it's. You know, I get jealous of people all the time. I'm jealous of your skin. I'm not going to sit and see it come and rip it off your face. <laughs>
0: it's just the um, ring light. It's just the ring light.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's okay. I mean, you've had a tough year. You've had a testing year and you've, you know, you've, I think you've done well. And I'm not just saying that here to kiss your ass because my, our listeners know that I'd come for you if I could, but um, <laughs> you've done, you've had a great year. Well, no, you've not had a great year. You've done you've done well this year because it's nearly been a year since you've actually fucking had work, and you've always grown up. Somebody who works like you'd love it. You'd love to work, um, and it's just like I can imagine how shit... I've been I've been out of work now for two months, and I I I am depressed. Like I would hands up say that there's moments I've had great things that happened to me in the last two months. Um... But there's times where I just sit and I just, I can't get out of bed.
0: I'm really struggling to get out of bed at the moment. I'm in bed now. (laughs) But in the morning, like one thing I pride myself on is like, okay, you know, I've said it. I set my alarm. I get up at my alarm. I'm setting my alarm. And then an hour and a half later, I'm still in bed and I'm lying there. And I'm just like, I don't want to move. Mm. And then I'm worried. It's so, it's mad. I don't know if it's mad, but because I'm in my family home, then it gets to a point where it's like quite late for me in my head. And then I start feeling like guilty because I'm in bed and I can hear like my mom walking around and I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to get up. And then she sees that I've only just woken up and it's only 10 o'clock. Well, not only, it's mm. 9.30 normally, but in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, just, you know, I fucked up really yeah. bad or something. And it's just weird. Like it's really strange.
1: Well, I mean, I've not been in bed all day, to be honest. I did. I got, I got up, had a job interview this morning. So fingers crossed for that. Like, I can hate um, you. <laughs> uh, what? No.
0: I've got to jump into don't your be, Thursday j- to be fair. Don't be
1: jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went for a walk to took the you know, the dog I live with out for a walk. Um and then came back and then my housemate Trev forced me to do exercise because he said it will snap me out of my little depressed state. He very kindly sent me a message over the weekend asking if I was alright, 'cause he seemed like he he sensed I was a bit down yeah. I was. I've been a bit down, but I, like I said, I've you know lots of great things happened to me this year so far. Um, I was just literally just working now, and I think it's because of the lack of routine. I've injured my shoulder, and I'm putting on a shitload of weight. Don't you roll your eyes at me? <laughs> I injured my shoulder, and I've also injured my back, and um, yeah. So it was nice today to do a little bit of exercise, break a little bit of sweat
0: no I think Mm -hmm. we both when you did that because I went for a run and came back and saw you did exercise and I was like oh shit we've both done something out of nowhere so I think I think that's part of it my exercise has been out of whack the past like three weeks and it it does feed into it and it's so weird because obviously it's like the result and the cause in a way because I'm not exercising I'm feeling down I'm feeling down so I won't exercise and it's a stupid cycle it's a horrible cycle yeah yeah. I know you can say that you've had loads of good things happen but you posted something on Instagram today and I was like oh yeah I know
1: Yeah, so I've got myself one of those little boyfriend things. Um I see other people have them, so I thought I'll get myself one. It's been a it's been a time. So yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm. it's I, I sound so corny, but I'm really happy with everything. So I'm welling up welling up a little bit. But um ah. Yeah, no, I'm just super happy. Um super, super happy.
0: So today we've got another guest on and we've got our very, very first I can't even say the words. I... Sorry, w- w- <clears throat> this is impossible to say. I don't even know what the word is. I can't spell it. It is. It it ends with men. That's the That's bit. And know, men. Like. Yeah. But yeah. it's she's our very the rest first. Doesn't matter. men. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we've got our very first Wolf man. I'm reading it here, and I, honestly, I don't even. I've never seen this before in my life. Yeah. So we've got our very first men on today's podcast so she's i
1: i hope that this is not us shoehorning in women's issues into the podcast
0: i I would never i don't
1: i would 100 i would
0: never absolutely not i would never do such a thing um so in celebration of international women's day which is on march the 8th and then this year the theme is hashtag choose to challenge challenge world is an alert world and from challenges comes change so let's all choose to challenge how will you help forge a gender equal world celebrate women's achievement raise awareness against bias take action for equality um and we said it off the podcast but actually it's going to be the start of um international women's awareness like month and that, I only saw that today, so I hadn't written down the actual word, but yeah, so that's going to be a good thing. So they actually are going to get a whole month dedicated to them, which I don't know why or how.
1: I don't but think they need it. I don't think so. I'm glad Tora's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Tora, obviously we joke, and she'll be joining us in just a second. But before we get into that, um, I just want to look at, um, so obviously last week we talked about that charming review that we got i had a little bit of a vent online because i was just thinking about it and you know me i like to be juicy but to give some credit where it's due we obviously understand that that's just one person's opinion and obviously they're entitled to it um i'm sorry that we've disappointed you in this but we will continue to be loyal to what we think is true and some of our listeners have got in touch i had after off the post i posted the other day on instagram i got we got very positive messages on um you know
0: uh on the social so, just in general
1: I couldn't say the word social
0: <laughs> I, I just kept seeing that woman and then, word
1: and I was like whoa man I can't get the my tongue right whoa men I have a weak stomach then, um so one of our dear listeners has updated their uh he listening from the start God love him I mean his name is dazx 2000 I think that's the year he was born. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it Daz.
0: i don't i want to know what the D- Daz is though
1: it's his favorite washing powder
0: <laughs>
1: um obviously that bitch wasn't born in 2000 but i love you for leaving this really nice review a lighthearted look at the issues of today with an lgbt i can't read lgbt plus angle worth a listen updated quite recently to say this has become so much more slick and professional. Loving the mix of guests and topics. Appointment listening for me. So thank you very much for going back in and leaving an updated review. Um, and then we also had a lovely review from Jess98. And I probably would not be harmed thinking that that actually is the year that she was born. Uh, five stars. God love her. She's entertaining and educational. And she gives a little chef's kiss like that. Um, I really enjoyed both the contemporary and historical content of this podcast, especially in the episodes where you've used your pa- platform to voice untold stories of the past. I have laughed and cried in the short four weeks that I have retuned in. I love that you have guests on your show and I find it exciting to hear new perspectives. I'm learning so much, lol. Also feel like I want to give credit to how kind and supportive you are of your guests' own projects and podcasts. I have started listening to the logbook since hearing about it three episode 96. I look forward to next week's episode and congrats on reaching 100. Jess, kiss, kiss.
0: Do you know, a fair few people have gone on to listen to the logbooks and it is genuinely incredible. Did you know that they were just nominated for another award?
1: They deserve it. Mm. As is Crystals. Crystals we also promote is it. also a great podcast. Oh
0: That's- God, so good. Yeah, I was, I was um, upset there was only six episodes, but I think it was to see how it would go and then they'll do more. So, I'm, yeah, it feels like there yeah. should be more episodes.
1: But, Matt, reviews is just one way that you can support the podcast. Is that right? Not right?
0: So, yeah, there's loads of ways that you can. So we want you to share give us feedback which is absolutely important and obviously five stars is incredible apple podcast you can do it on do you know i never understood why spotify don't have it do you know if there's a reason why
1: I, I guess i just never did it for music and i just
0: you can share so if you ever want to just say that you're listening to a wonderful episode putting on instagram stories sharing some of our posts that we release on thursday and monday with the episode titles also something that you can do and the more people that reaches that's really what we're looking for we're looking for growth and we're looking for reach at the moment Mm-hmm. so that would really be helpful
1: yeah i mean absolutely the other way that you can support us is like we always say this is a conversational podcast join in the conversations give us your opinions leave comments on the stuff we post you know coming up on monday we have matt versus our lovely guest torah on what top five crisps they think are the best you can tell matt how wrong he is on every single one if that's your liking to do so but if you're feeling a little bit more um generous and not so much chatty then you can go on to patreon and support us through patreon support patreon is a lovely little safe website that people use to uh, donate to creative outlets such as our own and we have three little tiers on there matt do you know the name of the three tiers
0: i do so we've got the basic p which is tough. it's fine. It's fine to
1: be basic. You no, know, a nice much little... like
0: Tora's choices of Chris. They're basic, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> very wow. basic. Wow. <laughs> right. Okay. What else?
0: We have the bougie p.
1: You're a bougie. I can tell you're a bougie.
0: Yeah. So if you got a little bit of flair, a little bit of flavour, a little bit coin, uh, but mm. not too much, then you can support us by being a bougie p.
1: Or my favourite tier.
0: Your favorite tier and you've got one now which is a sugar daddy tier so uh. <laughs> um if you're feeling a little bit more generous you know ash and i we don't have a job
1: we don't have a job <laughs> isn't it i will suck your dick for sugar daddy tier <laughs> i won't go that low i'm more bougie than basic but I'll um...
0: fulfill two needs
1: i have right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah then you can uh generously donate to our patreon and as you said we want to grow one of the things that we look to do is to advertise and expand our reach and that will really help us towards doing that
1: yeah for sure for sure think of patreon as only fans but no naked content
0: we've just got our open naked voices
1: do you know my other half said i have the voice of an angel Fall, sorry falling angel i <laughs> missed, missed missed out that word <laughs>
0: <laughs> worse, like an angel. Oh my God. that's ah. mm.
1: all right i think we should get tori in because i'm excited about hearing what she's got to talk about
0: yes so thank you everyone and let's hear from our lovely friend of the podcast tori abrahams Welcome back, everyone, and as we said before, we've got Tora with us. Hello, Tora.
2: Hi, everyone. Hi, Matt and Ash.
1: Hey, hey.
0: Welcome. Hey,
2: yeah, first time I'm meeting you both. Oh, and thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Know. Oh, yeah. Our, our pleasure. We don't actually know each other, which is obviously a uh, little <laughs> funny, because <laughs> no. I feel like I do. I think we've been chatting for like a whole year in some way, but yeah, we've, we just don't know Yeah.
2: Either. Well, where's the year gone? And I've seen you on Zoom quizzes, courtesy of our mutual friend, John, and then
0: yeah we chatting about this we're not, not allowed not to John. talk about those quizzes no not oh, are we not them. no because ashley wasn't invited and he got
1: very very <gasps> upset i'll tell you this right ashley. that little and i won't use the word but he promised me were you gonna say quiz. the n-word
0: <laughs> of course i wasn't gonna say but the you n-word
2: he C- <laughs> <laughs> <what laughs>
1: was like that little
2: n- <laughs> n- <laughs> <laughs> he said, No, I'm not going to say it. That's what he started to say. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and all that jazz?
2: So, as you said, my name's is Tora, uh, also known as Victoria, but never a Vicky, thanks to my parents. Um, and I am from Manchester. I am um, in my 30s and I am a raving feminist. And that's what I do all day, every day. I work to support women and girls and people who menstruate mostly. But my background is in um, working for, in general, just in working for people who have disadvantages in different communities. So people who have vulnerabilities, people who don't have access to services. And traditionally, for me, that started off in a legal context. And then I moved to the charity sector. And from there, I do a little bit of both still. And I'm happy to talk more about what that means for me, or yeah, just to shut up because as we both talked about, (laughs) I do a lot of different things too.
0: <laughs> well, how did you get into working into charities? And um, would you say would you say activists? What what would be like the correct word for you to use?
2: Yeah, I do consider myself an activist, a campaigner, someone who I guess the definition for me is like an actively advocating for someone's okay. needs or right to be recognised on a broader scale. And activism today is wonderful because it can take shape in many different platforms many different arenas like you only really need access to a network of people to be able to call yourself an activist or do something that's trying to invoke change reframe a conversation spark a conversation so that's who I've always been I think like I remember my mum saying to me when I was a lot younger that I've just always been someone who was recognized like should I say like in in a very like I'm like an injustice and wanted to rectify that injustice Mm. um my background is my my, from my father's side like we are I'm second generation apartheid South African immigrant um so a big thing for me is looking to address like inequality in a racial sense and I think that side of me because it is I exist because of like a racially oppressive government like that for me is a driver in terms of why I am an activist in what I do so I kind of I've always gone towards work which is geared at Looking at the under underrepresented people, looking at people who are oppressed, how do I look to support them, but also questioning systems and structures that are creating or perpetuating that oppression. So,
0: I mean, we have to be really careful. We got a feedback last week uh, that said that we might shoehorn race issues and trans issues a bit too much. So I don't want you to talk too much. About race, please. It's mad, isn't we've it? said enough. It's it's been done,
1: babe. It's been done. It's been so it's
2: well, you know, a can... 2020 thing, guys. Can we leave that in the
1: Yeah? Can we Honestly. just only talk about white people in this episode? Is that all right?
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely one well, half of that. So I will definitely do the 50%. It's a shame that people still think like this. I think like you guys have always said, and like this is part of your niche as a podcast, right? Like the fact that it is supporting people from LGBT backgrounds people who are genderqueer, people who are underrepresented. And, like That is people from African and Caribbean backgrounds. And you know, Matt is here to represent that as well. So, I mean, if you can't stand that in 2021, why are you listening to podcasts? Like it's clearly not for education. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, we said, we're not going to stop talking about any issues. And it'd be quite no. interesting. I think when we go on, when you talk about um, feminism as one, this will be the first time that you talk about women's issues with a woman, you are the very first female to ever grace this podcast, I, yeah, definitely is. You should be proud of yourself, but maybe we should be ashamed. <laughs> oh,
2: guys! Oh no, don't say that. I mean, maybe we should be. Can I ask? So then, I know that obviously it's because it's in line with us celebrating International Women's Day next week. But do you know, like, why you haven't had a woman on before? Like, I do. I don't know what? any women. I don't know any women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> so know any.
0: Funny my mom I would so not come really. on <laughs> yeah. she wouldn't come
1: on um pretty oh, much
0: yeah so we've stuck to issues that because the podcast has always been about really about us and exploring yeah. ourselves right which i guess is you know i don't want to say it's a self-centered thing to do but i think many people can relate to it in some ways and, and that's i guess your a so mm-hmm. the issues and things that we talk about and not just issues, but just news in general, are really things that are just around us that we surround ourselves as we've got more guests on this year and have started to, for whatever of a word, because I don't really like it, but I think it's important to network. I think we started to reach out a bit more and really understand that for us, we need to and want to explore outside of what we just have, because I only know gay men, right? Mm-hmm. Cisgender gay men is pretty much where I'm at. That's it. I don't want to say it's not right because, like, you're a product of your environment and it's just surrounded by all that sort of stuff. But I just think for me, it will take more of an effort um, and a recognition to go out of that circle.
2: I, I really appreciate you saying that, actually, because I think as well for me, it can be really hard as someone who, again, frame of reference, I absolutely love talking about women's issues, female issues, periods being one big thing of that. And it's taken, like, John's one of my closest friends. I, I class him as a brother. Um, and it's taken us, like, We're in sort of like the eighth year of our friendship for me to be, for him to be comfortable about me talking about my period issues with him because it's such, do you know what I mean? So I think, I think for me, the fact that you've asked me on here, knowing full well that a big part of my day work is advocating for mental equity and, you know, screaming about periods as much as I can so that people and girls and women across the world feel confident about that that is a big, that's a big step for you. Um, And it's a big step for generally for people to start thinking about. The importance of the female experience because that for me is a big part of my feminism like really normalizing what we go through and how different kind of our life experiences based on what we internally go through and individually but also how the world sees us.
0: Well i never even heard of period poverty so I guess we'll talk about sort of the charity that you work for because the big thing that happened is I don't know what we were talking I was talking to one of another mutual friend Robbie and he'd mentioned Torah and period poverty, and I thought he'd made up that term, or is it a joke term? And I thought he was just (laughs) making like light of it, but that's an actual thing. Ashley, have you heard of it before? No, no. I think I think I've understood the concept, but I've never heard of the actual term. What's the charity that? Well, I mean, I went to an all boys school. That's the thing. I went to an all boys school. My house is my mum and four boys, and her. You know, I guess not saying too much stuff, but just with my mum, and and she had us at quite a later age. During the years that I would really understand what they were, I think she had past that stage where she was regularly going through that so it wasn't a point and then the first women I met I was 16 and I went to sixth form college and people didn't talk about it then and I still didn't really understand what the girls were saying um, when they yeah. said they had it but so why don't you tell us a little bit about your charity and what is it that you do?
2: The history of freedom for girls and like where we kind of coined the name period poverty is that The founder, my colleague Tina, was actually in Kenya. And this is probably why, like, we have this quite a lot when we get feedback about why the concept of period poverty isn't well known in the UK, because most people say it is, you can imagine it happening in developing countries where the sort of infrastructure for, uh, say, products, period products just isn't available. So Tina started the projects in Kenya. She was working on a mother and baby unit and was... um, told that a lot of the women who were postpartum so who have similar kind of experiences in terms of needing products uh, after they've had babies like they weren't getting access to them Um, and so it started with us partnering with a small charity there who were making the washable reusable pads and then Tina came back to the UK and was like this is what I've done it's so amazing and her job her day job is in public health and she works a lot with schools. And a teacher said to Tina then, this was at the back end of 2016, um, a teacher said to Tina, that's great, but did you know that similar issues are happening here? So I've got four or five girls in one of my classes who I know every month for three or four or five days, they are not coming to school because they don't want to risk um, like, it's leaking on their school uniform, being uncomfortable while sat in a classroom because they don't have access to period products. Tina was thinking, like, I know that austerity has really hit a lot of families really badly. I know that in Leeds alone, 250,000 people are accessing food banks on an annual basis. If you can't afford bread, how are you going to be able to afford period products, right? So she kind of set to work by knocking on the doors of some big uh, period product providers, like the big brands that you might have heard of, like, always, um, I'm trying to think of some of this now, but gone out of my head obviously. Um and form. she said to say again.
1: Is it body form? Is that one?
2: Yes. Thank oh, you actually. I'm gonna get in trouble for that actually because they're one of our artists. <laughs> 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 they, they, okay. they okay, sorry. Okay. It's because I've be converted to watchable reusable products so I don't buy disposables anymore. But anyway, that's my only. I can
1: hear the theme song in my head. That's the main reason I <laughs> oh, <body> form, <laughs> form for me.
2: <laughs> it's the media,
1: yeah,
2: forgot,
1: that's the media brain Marketing, marketing mind is like we need a jingle. We need a
2: jingle in here. Brilliant. Um, But yeah, so she she started to shout about it on on that kind of level. Like, can any of you companies who are massive corporates and can afford to donate some products, can you support that supporting donating products? And she just got big doors closed in her face. Uh, There was no belief that this was an actual issue. Um, Plan International, a massive NGO that work internationally but have a UK base, did uh, some. baseline data at the end of 2017, um, after hashtag free periods became something that the activist community was running across social media. And their research discovered that one in 10 girls was not adequately managing their periods well. And what they meant by not adequately managing periods wasn't just due to lack of access or affordability of products, it was poor menstrual health education and it was the stigmas and the shame and the taboos that exist around periods such that girls didn't know how to support themselves or ask for support so yeah that 2017 was a big year for the activist community around free periods and why period poverty became a thing but we didn't really get taken seriously until say 2018 2019 and that's when the government kind of woke up um, and they started to listen to the campaign and that's how we then supported the development of free products in schools in January last year so small baby steps have been made but overall I mean actually like to make you feel better even in the world of period poverty that's become quite trendy and topical in the last few years even funders and stakeholders who do women's and girls support they generally turn down applications say like period poverty because it doesn't resonate with them so they'd mm. much rather we say things like disadvantaged women and girls or Unable to afford products, if that makes sense, because it's still, yeah, it's still very much like a non buzzword, really, which is sad. Well, I've,
1: I've noticed, like, just I remember over lockdown there was an advert that came on. I can't remember what it was on. I'm sure, I'm sure I was watching football at Mickey's house. Shut up, you're watching football. <laughs> I, I didn't want to watch it. I was at <laughs> I was Mickey's house.
0: The
1: <laughs> I was watching the football, wasn't it? And I'm sure there was an advert. And I remember both Mickey and me were like. Did that just come on TV? And I was just, and I just remember the woman that was like a talk show and, and she's talking about being comfortable and she's like, make sure you shove it on up there, girls. And I was just like, what? What's it mean? <laughs> but to me, it was like, it, it seemed like a positive step forward in terms of just normalizing things because, you know, in my opinion, it should be normalized. We shouldn't be sitting here. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll put my hands up and say, in the past, quite regularly, I'd be like, please don't talk about that. It's not really for me. But, that's my own, that's a flaw in me and I get that. So um, I think we need to step forward and make these things because there's no point in shaming people into a natural body function.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. There's some really good um, artwork actually. So trying to pass the message off in a accessible and like pleasurable way um, medium is that uh, there's a few artists that do things like just take the piss out of the idea that men are really comfortable with blood via violence on tv for example but they're not good at looking at blood on a period pad so for example you'll like always for me is a big brand to revert to because they coined the whole showing blue water going onto a pad just to show it's like absorbency And you know, have you ever seen blood on a tv with a period pad like you, you haven't because it doesn't exist but i mean it's the most natural form of non-violent related blood that exists across the world like we all exist because periods happen and yet everyone is pretty much uncomfortable to recognize that they are a thing the sad part of that is that you know as a privileged woman living in the west like i still have issues around my menstrual cycle. So not just to do with the four or five days that I bleed every month, but the whole cycle is a lot for women at different points because we go through fluctuations. There's a period that we ovulate where you have similar symptoms and all of that, it took me to get into my thirties to be comfortable and aware of what my experience was to really navigate my own identity and my own body and so on. And, but the reverse end of that, which is so much worse than the extreme is that the less we talk about these things, like women are still really suffering. Are abused for things like this. They are they're dying because of it. I don't know if you know that in Nepal they have uh, menstrual huts, so women are banned from their communities, their homes, being around their families when they bleed. And in winter times, because they are far off in the mountains, and the smoke inhalation is. Um, Really, really sorry. The smoke, what's the word I'm looking for? Aeration is really, really poor in these huts. They have to build fires, and a lot of times, the women I think three or four times in 2019, women had been found dead in the huts because they died from smoke fumes. Um, and another young woman from Kenya had committed suicide because she was publicly shamed by a teacher in school because she'd stained a skirt from a period. Um, so that's the really that is the extreme version of things, and I don't really like to talk. On behalf of the communities where I'm not part of their, their culture and so on, but simultaneously, that is a stem of generally the fact that female health issues and the biggest one that happens to most women and most regularly is just something that you know the rest of the world doesn't want to deal with.
0: I would think, and it's my assumptions, but maybe the people that listen to this podcast and the people that are similar to me, gay men and stuff, they would absolutely be lying to themselves. They said. It's something they can engage with and talk with regularly, whether you're talking about the extremes or not, like it's just not something, it's, it's just something that doesn't exist. So it's really important that not just um, the taboos and education goes to women and how they need to manage their own cycles, because something I kind of understand, you can help me with it because I cannot even guess uh, what it might be like, but people suffer very differently and some of them can be very, very uh, painful, very uncomfortable and really difficult to manage. Um, and, and it ranges. But men need to understand as well that they need to understand that this happens and that happens regularly. And this is something that you need to cater for. I know I became a manager of people, and there was a, um, a woman that worked, you know, I managed her. She was very open, which was really handy because I couldn't, I did not understand before I became a general manager that this was happening so regularly. And she was yes. like, Matt, this person, that person, this is where they're going. I was like, oh my God. I need to understand this you know and she was telling me what was happening with her and I was like thank you because I don't want to just be like why are you so tired or you know why do you keep going to the toilet or something do you know what I mean so it's really important yeah. that men understand this
2: I think so too and it's really good that I know that I'm in a circle where for example I can say this quite openly but also feel comfortable about this because you do wanting to be to provide that space for us but it doesn't happen all the time and I think um we really do I like, we generally do appreciate these like kind of safe spaces where that opportunity for that kind of chat happens but yeah we've been part of freedom for girls recently been part of some uh, research around what it means to talk about your periods in the workplace um and symptoms that can occur there's just so many like you said Matt and people experience things differently and when we live in a world of loads of things that disrupt our hormones or you know like women having children at later, date, later stages in life and so on I think um yeah it, it is a big conversation that I think needs a lot more normalizing it doesn't have to be every day all the time but just like just to kind of reiterate this need of understanding the experience will be really helpful i think because that some of that research that i just mentioned about normalizing periods in the workforce it's um 60 something percent of women said they'd rather say they had <laughs> uh, food poisoning than the period so they'd rather be like i'm shitting myself than i actually got a period so mm. that for me is a big sign that we just don't like, we're just so embarrassed about our periods which is sad
0: yeah, I recently listened to a podcast as well that was talking about, and I don't know if it's necessarily the same, but about talking about menopause in the workplace as well, because that also affects people's bodies, and that needs to be managed, and potentially, and it isn't, but there should probably be a policy around what needs to happen over that process, because it is a long process that affects people in different ways, again, and quite drastically in some ways. But again, it's not something that's spoken about. And is there anything you deal with in your work and or your charity?
2: Yeah, so we're running a project at the moment that's called Period Positive Spaces and that is pretty much like what you just said in terms of menopause. We were really frustratingly approached in like February last year by a huge insurance broker that said that they'd done the menopause thing, so they'd they'd written in a menopause policy into their kind of standard HR procedures and how to support their staff. They... They were asking, they were, wanted to commission us to do something around period safety at work. Like what would it look like in terms of being period friendly? How would we support people who menstruate? And um, yeah, then the lockdown happened and we and no one's in an office, so they didn't want to do it anymore. But our projects still go in and the aim of it is to kind of um, encourage organisations, businesses, public spaces. So even like academic institutions and supermarkets sort of look at what would make them period positive. Uh, from like low level of a bronze stage to like providing products having conversations to what would it mean to have like a silver membership or a, or a gold membership to really really address the the need to positively encourage women and people who menstruate to feel good about their periods um so watch this space that will hopefully be towards the summer we'll have that fully out as a consultancy model for businesses and organisations, um,
0: I wanted to actually just, and I just heard you say it sort of, because we've spoken a lot about men and women and girls and it, your charity is called Freedom for Girls, but I've heard recently uh, the word people that menstruate because it isn't necessarily related to just girls and women who menstruate. And do you have like a stance on that? Or is there a reason why Freedom for Girls is Freedom for Girls and Women, as opposed to people that menstruate in general?
2: We, um, We are trans inclusive, we had our policy approved by our board, I should say trans, genderqueer, non-gender conforming, um, non-binary people inclusive, and our policy is about inclusive, inclusivity of language, so we really want to push forward this narrative that, you know, language is finite, but also the reframing of that within this transitional period of trying to be more inclusive as a society is is ongoing so our kind of what we like to say is our our brand name is freedom for girls and it happened because we were working with young women and girls in communities in east africa in which having conversations about not not gender non-conforming but people who don't identify as men or women like those conversations just aren't as uh, like relevant they just don't happen as much and we don't want to step away from that kind of brand however we absolutely represent way more than the communities that don't have these conversations where trans identity gender non-conforming identities are relevant so that being said we are yeah we're really passionate about being inclusive we wouldn't want anyone who does menstruate to not feel like they can come to us for support and simultaneously anybody who no longer menstruates anybody who no longer identifies as a woman but menstruates or anyone who's never identified as a woman and never menstruated to understand what we do and to be part of that community like conversation in that community like it's a big thing for us the one thing I will say though is that um and I think I mentioned to you actually Matt like we, our policy embedded within that is this idea that we refer to people as people. I know that some charities have started to do with their language moving forward to coin people on just body parts. So things like menstruators or cervix havers. Uh, for us, we find that we discussed it as an entire team, so including our board of trustees and impartial volunteers and so on. Uh, we found that to be more dehumanizing in a system in which typically people who who menstruate are female have female reproductive parts like that is going to be it's a system that doesn't always favor them and so we wanted to make sure that the concept was still very inclusive of their needs as well and also again just ensuring that all of us exist as people and humans and we want that to be the main thing that unites us rather than bodily function
1: uniting us if that makes sense Um, i think we've talked about it i can't remember if we talked it just personally matt or if it was on the podcast i think it was just personally but it was all about jk rowling and then obviously her transphobia that came out off the back of her tweets because i think it was literally as you say because i think it was somebody had said people who menstruate and her tweet was people who menstruate is not a word for that a woman in, and then obviously that sparked up the um, I think when we had that conversation I was like I don't know what she said, I didn't read the tweets um, I just never envisioned her as being somebody who was transphobic but
0: That was about whether you should read her books or you shouldn't read her books because then Ash went out and bought a book of hers and I was like you can't buy a book
2: <laughs> we, we, have, we,
1: have, we also have a separate argument about how I find it very easy to separate art from artists but yeah that's, that, we had that conversation quite recently so.
2: I think last year was definitely a year for art oh, Last year for me was like good and bad and like pandemic aside. I mean, looking at the world of activism, like let's go back to the two things that that hater said about trans rights and black lives matter. I think the best things about last year was that for me, everyone was able to just stop and take a breath and really like think about things that were important to them. And I think that kind of reflection is still ongoing. And I love having those kind of reflective periods within communities that I am an activist because it really makes you reassess like, what is the goal here and like why are we doing what are we doing but simultaneously because we were all at home on our phones the entire time the world of social media becomes so shouty so aggressive and it's such it it really doesn't always it's not always fit for purpose in having healthy dialogue and balanced Mm. conversations about these things because you know, I've got some really close friends who would say that J.K. Rowling didn't sound transphobic, like from having read all the lines of her tweets. And I've got some friends that say, yeah, she was completely out of order too. And also the manner in which she spoke, like the what she said, but the manner in which she said it was really offensive to trans people. And being able to acknowledge that in a healthy forum, like it's not always easy on social media. But what I know I really aim to do is, Provide conversations like let's have actual conversations rather than shouting matches because that's the way that you start to help people think, but also question your own thinking as well because you're able to receive and give information. Um, so I think that's why doing podcasts and stuff and yeah, not just kind of the comments and the automatic retweets and anger is just yeah, it's not always for me, unfortunately. Like, I'm not on Twitter because I can't bear it.
1: I think one of the things personally that from this podcast, and you know, Matt. I think when Matt and I first started this podcast, I was a lot more right-leaning than I am today. I would like just um, to interrupt. So
0: we've got someone who's listening called Jack Fossey, and he won't hear this for another two years. And even now, he texts me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe Ashley just said this or something like that. And then, and it just, oh my God, it cracks me up. So I've got a little list that I'm going to show Ashley soon of the things he said from 2018.
2: <laughs> billion, I can't wait. Ash. I want to know, like, what is... So the right leaning stuff I would identify? Oh, this, identity this identity. is
1: not this is not the time okay, <laughs> this bye. is
0: very much the time so, <laughs> said, oh. so I want you to understand we'll talk about feminism but what do you feel about the gender pay gap Ashley let's do it
1: right okay so I argued that the gender pay gap I don't argue that doesn't exist I argued that it doesn't exist purely based on gender alone
2: give me some examples as to why you
1: would think that. I would argue that, for example, that you know, when you come in some realms, when it comes to getting a promotion at work, there's a person personality trait that certain employers look for. So for example, if you're getting to the high end, high paying roles, you the personality trait I would argue is agreeable agreeability. If somebody is more agreeable, they're in my opinion, they're less likely to be sort of not I can't remember the word I'm looking for now they're less likely to be the type of cunt that has to you have to be to raise up to that level to be at the top end you know in order to be at the top end you need to be like a horrible person who just literally puts themselves first and driven by that sort of thing and I think men are more likely to be that type of cunt and driven than women are so I just think that's one example of other traits that have come into the factor of it's not just purely based on I'm not disputing it exists I'm yeah. just saying it's not the gender pay gap I don't think is just gender based there's personalities there's choices there's other things that have to come into reflection and I anyway, you know, it I'm not saying that there's not work to be done I just don't like the label gender pay gap
2: Matt were you going to say something?
0: My argument was to say that when he's talking about like personalities and being agreeable and men might be a certain way is that the issue is that there are certain men in those positions to make those uh, um, decisions about whether that personality fits their business or not. And the issue is, is that those people need to address their own uh, mind frames, and understand why they see someone as someone who is less or more agreeable. I will say it's the opposite though, that if a woman speaks a certain way or behaves a certain way, that she is seen as less agreeable, yeah. even though she may, say or do the same things or similar to a man and that that is one of the reasons why it does exist and i think I you're agree. right yeah sorry go on sorry
2: no sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i think i'm just thinking out loud but i think i think what's interesting about what atas is, is that i don't disagree with it on fact but the reason that i don't particularly like that kind of stance it's based because it's based on accepting the realms of reality as they are and mm. i really class myself as a radical feminist because that's a good conversation to have actually so like my version of feminism is radical because I want to see systemic and structural change based on what currently exists that is a world that's defined by men and for men like that's just what we see in data across the world it's the fact that we call the concept history not her story or a combination of both and I think the difficult that you have in especially when you use like the corporate world scenario is that do we want these psychopaths running the systems? Because the way that it's going is really unequal, not just for women, but for the rest of society as well. Like, doesn't present us with a system that is going to be more supportive of everybody and anybody. And then I also think that Matt nailed a point for me as well, which is that I think that so when that happens, it's not just due to personality traits, it's to do with whether you fit a mould of a t- certain type of person that is already at the top. So then, who is constantly making these decisions? It's the people that have already been given the opportunity to be at the top. But I've got I've got female friends that argue with me, and actually, I was saying that to my friend James the other day. We had a debate a couple of Christmases ago when people were saying, "Well, I see women in boardrooms all the time. Like, I see women making decisions and executives on boards all the time. Like, it can't be a big discrepancy." And I'm like that's fine but i guarantee those women have come about that position through chance because the data suggests that it's just not a regular thing it's not the norm you look at you look at fields of politics you look at fields you know, very even in female reproductive health, like we don't get the dominant say of what goes on in female bodies. So yeah, I think that for me, yeah, I'm I'm radical in that sense. I would I would I don't want to become a liberal feminist based on systems that currently exist. And what I mean by liberal feminist is not challenging those systems, but saying like, do what you want in this reality with whatever exists, because there's nothing wrong with whatever exists if that makes sense.
0: Well, I think feminism is, it's a word we definitely heard growing up, say, for example. And I think that there's a lot to it. There are, and I was speaking to, I was talking to you before about this job that I just started recently, or this part-time job. And the person I was speaking to said that back in the early 80s, she was a feminist. And then she was, she was a part of the feminist movement, she said. But then towards the end of the 80s, it got very white and middle class and then less radical in some ways and that made her less inclined to want to be a part of that and then there are also women that don't believe in feminism there are men obviously that don't believe in feminism what is your take and stance on just feminism in general because do you think it needs to exist?
2: I mean I do I definitely do and I do because I think women are amazing and we don't get enough credit for everything that we do and who we are as people but um I think I think it needs to exist, but I totally appreciate the reluctance for some people to want to, A, identify as a feminist, but B, what does feminism actually look like for different people in different areas? Like There's some really good papers on understanding feminism as a privilege and understanding that feminism exists differently depending on where you are in the globe or what communities that you exist in. Uh, And my friend Maya and I did an Instagram Live last summer about whether the fact that even debating feminism itself, like, is, is a privilege because the feminism, exactly like you just said, Matt, the woman that um, referenced the fact that she doesn't particularly align herself as a feminist anymore is based on the fact that the direction it's taken over so many years has been very driven towards Western, white, female privileged feminism. Um, and yeah, it's really sad when that happens, but for me, I don't just represent myself. Like I've never particularly worked personally or professionally in a sphere that has been purely about my needs like don't get me wrong I've not I had pretty difficult 20s I had a great childhood I had pretty difficult 20s um and my 30s are getting better but I've still got some concerns um, <laughs> and, I just, and I just I think that so I do need to advocate for myself but it's just it's not who I am so it's um a big part of my identity is making sure that the under marginalized underrepresented are people that I also stand up for and in that sense like it's again just looking at it logically the data suggests that black and brown women that don't live in the West have it worse. So we're looking Mm. at like 650 million women and girls under the age of 18 being married off. You're looking at 250 million women and girls across the world experiencing FDM. You're looking at one in five women having been raped in their lifetime. So I think like I'm none of those women. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be a feminist because I'm also advocating for those women.
1: I think all three of us, we all sit here as, you know, in some form of a minority. And I think personally for me, when I think about, feminism and any sort of movement, whether it be the civil rights movement or the LGBT movement. um, I personally want to strive for something that is equality of opportunity. I want every person who goes up behind me to have the opportunity, the same opportunity as the person who sits there or over there or in another school. I don't think, um, I don't, I don't, I don't like the thought of as a, as a, a black girl sitting here, she doesn't get the same privilege or the same opportunities to do whatever she can do as a white guy sitting here. I, that to me is what any sort of movement, like I said, the three I missed, you know, the three that we obviously advocate for this, this podcast alone. That's what we should all be looking to achieve is equality of opportunity. The opportunities there for everyone to to grow. So I think um, to me, what I, sometimes jars me uh, with some of the things that, you know, that make the headline with regards to certain movements is equality of outcome. So whether, you know, for example, an example, if we want to see 50% females in a boardroom, it's like, well, I would rather, rather than set a deadline of saying, seeing 50% females in a boardroom, let's set a, a target of saying, sorry, target of 50% females in the boardroom, set a boardroom, target of making sure that every employee has the opportunity to grow and be there rather than saying, so some females might want to go there. Some males might want to go there. There might be pressures on males from their home to do better and bring home you know traditionally bring home the money and support the family and you know it, it's about giving everyone the equal opportunity to do the best they can
2: no I wouldn't disagree with that on, on paper I think um two things that come into mind is have you seen that cartoon that is um there's, there's two different pictures within it and it's about e- equity versus equality and mm. it's this where you know the all different heights they all get given the same box The box, yeah, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so that's what and that for me is where I think the difficulty that we have is that we don't live in an ideal world where you can now, you can define oppression on paper, but you can't define how it looked physically for so many people, especially when you look at individual and community-based traumas and oppression. So I mm. think the immediate answer is let's do things like affirmative action. Let's, do, let's put 50 women in a boardroom and see what happens because we have to force opportunity to then evoke change, right? So that would be a radical answer. But the way that I think I like to talk about, Trying to convince people that there should be something proactively done is um there's a really good podcast podcast sorry by um two uh feminist comedians um called the debrief they ran out of funding in 2018 so it stopped but they've got this really good episode that's called how to talk about feminism and um they address the different levels of like what we mean by intersectional feminism how you can talk generally with your mates around the pub you know Post COVID times, um, if twenty first June happens, um, just to kind of encourage encourage a nicer chat about it. And in that, they say, even having the conversation sometimes with someone you know is going to be really anti any change at all because we should all be striving for the same thing and all working hard. Blah, 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 blah. Not what you said, Ash, but someone who might think the extreme of that. Um, and they say, like, this is how we feel, and we have to try and bring it up in terms of we want to advocate for ourselves, but we already exist in a world where we're not we're seen as second class citizens. So even being able to do that and have arguments ready for us, for ourselves to to try and convince you that this is what we're worth, that is tapped in as well. So, mm. but I would recommend the podcast for anyone who wants to kind of listen to how you can think about feminism and how how we feel as women trying to advocate it, but also, um, yeah, different ways you can argue for it, basically. And that is an example that you use about board, boardrooms and meritocracy and so on. It's nice. Well, I think even
0: feminism, and I was looking up, I'd never really looked into feminism too much and and especially for the podcast i started looking at it and it reminded me of a conversation i had with a member of my family a few years ago where um, they thought it was hilarious that there was a male feminist this guy identified as a feminist and i'd never really taken it into account at the time i I didn't really have a thought i was like i'm interested i'm all for anyone that supports people um i didn't understand why they might do that i didn't know this person so when I was looking at feminism in general and why people, why it's there, a lot of the arguments and issues about why people should or shouldn't be feminists were still the same, were very related to how I saw the arguments for why there should or shouldn't be Uh, Black Lives Matter movement and things about race it was almost identical it was just a different headline and um one of them was like oh feminists hate men they must hate men and I remember when I went to the protest last year I got from people that were close to me do you hate white people and I was like of course I don't hate white people that's not exactly what I'm saying at all and I think that's the same that's an impression that people have potentially about feminists and why they may want to overthrow men when that's not the case at all I don't think
2: No, I think, I mean, I can only speak for myself and communities that I'm able to have conversations and dialogue with, but I know that there will be feminists who hate men, and they'll hate generally because of the systems that exist that just benefit men, and because, I mean, it's that argument, isn't it, as well, that people say not all men when you come down to like conversations about hashtag me too and how many abusers do we know around us and stuff like the reason that we use the hyperbole of not all men is because there is not enough men that are challenging it because if they were it wouldn't happen um so I t- that's the thing like I don't hate all men I, my closest friends are male like genuinely like closest friends um and my dad is my absolute hero so I don't hate men but I do understand and empathize why some women who have been through the ringer like you know on an individual level with personal relationships as well as seeing what the current structures of the world look like I understand why they would turn around and say I hate men it's also we've got to understand as well like something that we haven't spoken about for until recently is like being trauma responsive as a person and as a community like we react to how we've been treated um and I do so i I and this is why I love what I do in prison law world as well when I represent men and women in prison custody because there's always a cause to an effect there's mm. always a reason as to why someone behaves in a certain way whether that's explanation through their um, environment or genetics whatever it is like there's always a reason so if you can get to the bulk of that reason and understand it and and work through it you're going to find your result result basically yeah, so that's why I think I'm not I'm not as harsh as people say I hate men I hate all men but I
0: just have a chat about it basically <laughs> i mean men are trash we know this yeah so um now i get that i think it's really important and ash and i always talk about it but it's really important actually now for people that are without the um group to advocate for those so and saying that men should advocate for women because they don't face the same Um, issues that women have and have a certain privilege and it's really important it's always going to come down to men to deal with not always going to come down to pardon that's a mistake but men can argue for women's rights by allowing women the space to explain and teach and learn about their stories and things like that not necessarily just say well it's a women's issue so I can't deal with it for example
2: I really appreciate that because I agree with it as well like we coexist, right so and we're never going to get away from that and I think if we it is very levelled but yeah just providing the space like you said Matt is a really big part of it for us as well and also like being able to listen without feeling attacked and it goes back to what you said before about the um, issues that come through with the Black Lives Matter arguments and the debates around you are questioning my privilege and therefore I'm not comfortable with this conversation I don't want anything to be taken away from my privilege and you see the same thing in the lines of work that I do and the feminism I advocate for because I mean that's a big thing that happened in both my representation of women in the female prisoner state and women and girls and people who menstruate within my work for freedom for girls because it's always men, unfortunately, just refusing to have that conversation, like they don't want to deal with it. Um mm. hopefully the tide's turning now. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Well I think like I think it comes back to and I think we've sort of come a bit full circle because it comes back to my opinion to what you said about social media. Like Twitter is just the worst. You people just on Twitter at the minute or any sort of social media it's I'm right. So you have to be wrong. Like there's no grey area or no wiggle room or no like and that's why I was, like what I said earlier on as well. Like I've grown so much. I've learned a lot in the last well, especially the last year alone as a white guy. Um, but it's you know, and I continue to grow every day, thanks to Matt there every single day. <laughs> um and of course, like people coming in and sharing their opinions like yourself. So thank you very much for like coming on and, and doing it with us. So
2: no, it's a massive privilege. Like I love what you guys have been doing, and I know that we've cussed him out, but I'm really glad that John connected me to Matt in some way because it's been really worthwhile. Like li- listening to the podcast, also being here as well.
0: <laughs> we can cuss John he's, out every single day.
2: He's oh, great. banned How from this got? podcast.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I think we should wrap it up there, kind of. But before we sort of go off, is there anything that you wanted to share with everyone? Where can people find out
1: more about you and what what you do?
2: Yeah, because um, I, I do a few things. So I still represent um, mostly women in prison law settings, so prison custody, looking to advocate for their needs, access to justice, access to services. So that's a big passion of mine. So that's on LinkedIn. I do my work with Freedom girls on LinkedIn. And also we have our own social media and website, obviously. So it's Freedom, number four, girls. And you'll see that with International Women's Day coming up on Monday, we're releasing a book. I'm so excited yeah um so wait is... women
0: can write no <laughs>
2: you know what Matt it's funny you say that but <laughs> yeah. um the book is a letter to my younger self so what we've done is we've asked um women girls and um many people to contribute to letters that they are writing to a former version of their younger selves a former version of themselves that's younger sorry and um, to give them some advice like some much needed TLC and just like it's going to be okay but in, in very specific ways because they've all picked like an age of themselves that needed direct advice and the issues that we've got we've formulated chapters from the themes of the issue so like love and loss transforming being myself little, the, the topics are really broad um but the detail has been so fantastic and we're going to incorporate it into Freedom for Girls' education program and um, so that young women and girls and, and and other people can look at it and think wow, I'm really stressed about this boy, but actually he
1: doesn't matter. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. That's the truth. That is the truth. And we all know sex. that. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. me yesterday.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm writing a letter to me yesterday. That's a yeah. beautiful concept for a book, I must say, isn't it? It's very yeah. reflective and I love that sort of stuff. I definitely want to read it and I'm going to cry
2: yeah oh no do honestly do like it's really it's really affordable it's gonna be a fundraising arm for the charity as well um so just because fundraising during Covid has been dead so that'll be nice for us as well um but yeah a big thing of what I love why I I love what I do is because it's about like solidarity and sisterhood and experiences and that rings true through all of our projects from East Africa to the UK and across the different other areas that I work in the UK so I'm really really excited about this book and I will be Look at it everywhere. So get used to that, Matt, in the group. It'll be every week. Please buy, please
0: buy. Sell, sell, sell. Absolutely. We'll do the same on the podcast as well.
2: Oh, thank you. For sure. Yeah.
0: Thanks, guys. Tora, thank you so much for coming on today.
2: Thank you for having me
0: and happy it's International Women's Day. Yay. (laughs) Yay.
2: It's the women. I need more women in my life. Yes, you do. We're amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for this lovely episode
1: thank you both i thanks, loved Ash. it no no thank you nice to meet you
2: yeah you too really nice to meet you
1: oh, i can't wait to go it. for drinks in the pubs open
2: tell me about it i'll be the first one there saving a pint
0: i can't wait I to say the actual things that ashley said off the podcast to say you can both talk about it because i know he would have killed me if i'd said it on here <laughs> Ash,
2: i'm all for it i love these kind of conversations especially in a pub so let's save it i'm, I'm totally here for it
0: <laughs> one thing we know alcohol is always good with an argument it is, one. yeah,
2: sure. Defo, <laughs> alcohol and debates is here, like for okay. me all year, definitely. So.
0: <laughs> um, have a lovely week, everyone, and celebrate the women around you. For sure.
2: Seconded. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Cool. Well, Torah, thank you for. <laughs> you look like you froze there. You're like, Torah, thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about all that. Um, tour is with us again on Monday, guys, where we'll be talking about crisps. Like I said before, you can understand why Tora wins the crisp challenge and Matt, Matt loses. But you can have your own opinion. Go to the on or go to the Instagram on a Instagram and. Um, joining the conversation about once
0: we really need to have more females we just don't have that many or people that are not gay men i would say or, um on the podcast because we will learn so much and uh, i think learning more about the difficulties not the difficulties the challenges and stuff that women have that are very different to ours is super super important uh, and the great need for their charity and period poverty in general is something we'll never understand as people who don't menstruate but i can't believe that it's something that's so recent, as in this year, last year, that it's something that needs to be addressed in the world. Um, and I didn't know this, actually, and I should have said it in the podcast, but only at the end of last year or the, be- the beginning of this year was Scotland, the very first country to make um, sanitary towels and sanitary products free. And the very first country in the world and the only one at the time to make them. So the same way that we can go and get condoms from a sexual health clinic, um, people that menstruate can go and get... Uh, sanitary products
1: Was it you that told me They are classed As a luxury item
0: They had it as a luxury tax But that ended I think it was The year before last Oh I should have Asked over oh, okay. that But there, it should was It had a luxury it had a luxury Tier for tax um,
1: So and just pushing that down. Price bracket Up that bit more
0: Yeah yeah But then it went um, down To like an essential need And then You know Hopefully it's going to be Free and eligible For people that need them Outside of schools
1: People If you have any other areas Like, like Matt says We want to get more sh- sh- Few Few female male male can you spell it for me i don't want to give any more attention to them i think they have enough of a platform they do no more shoehorning no more shoehorning no more shoehorning yeah so obviously we want to have lots of conversations because obviously the reviews that we get that fit on with our brand say that they're learning stuff that they normally wouldn't maybe learn about which i think's a good outcome for the podcast
0: Ashley thank you so much for this wonderful episode
1: Um, I loved it
0: Thank you Tora again for coming on And we'll definitely share about that book Because it sounds very interesting And we'll see you on Monday For Honest to Pod Top 5 When we talk about Crisp, chips and dip
1: And next week is our 100th episode
0: (gasps) Oh My god Have a lovely week Ashley Have a great one Bye. Bye everyone Na ma, na ma shoo